Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all that righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Alleluia, alleluia. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. Good morning, friends. Welcome back to the last Sunday of our five-part sermon series on discipleship. Leading up to today, we have chosen a word each Sunday to help explore different aspects of what it means to be a disciple someone who wants to pattern and practice the way of love, carved out and emulated by Jesus. I hope you have heard each word as an invitation and maybe even a kind of spiritual challenge. I know I have. The first four words leading up to today were following, connecting, responding, and listening. And today's final word, is praying. Now, on the one hand, praying may appear to be the most direct and maybe most obvious element of discipleship. And yet, it might not surprise you to hear that I want to suggest that, in fact, it may be for some of us, me included, one of the most elusive invitations of all. We have just heard these words from the Gospel. One of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Sounds like a pretty simple ask, doesn't it? But here's the thing. These disciples, as was Jesus, came from a long lineage of Jewish tradition which was steeped in prayer. The idea of praying could absolutely not have been a new concept. So why? Why did they make that request? What was our storyteller of this interaction trying to convey to those of us who would inherit this moment in Scripture thousands of years later? What was that storyteller trying to impress upon us? Well, let's go further with how Jesus responds. He didn't seem to be thrown off by this request one iota. He answers directly and with very clear instructions, right? He even tells them exactly what to say. But here's another thing. Think of a time when Jesus ever answered a question with a clear answer. I mean, really, this would be the most unlikely response that Jesus has probably given throughout all of Scripture. Usually he tells some crazy story about, you know, fish or dirt or a pearl or something. Nothing ever answering a direct question. What I take away from this exchange is twofold. First, praying must have been really important, so important that they had to kind of regroup and figure out how to do it with this guy named Jesus. And second, at least in this instance, Jesus wanted to leave no wiggle room for what he thought his disciples should be praying about. So let's recap what we just heard. It is, of course, the basis for what we have come to call the Lord's Prayer. 
Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. So what's in this prayer for us 21st century disciples? Well, at the risk of really oversimplifying decades of scholarship and theological musings, I want to break this down. This is my read of this model for praying, coming from my always still growing disciples' heart. Father, hallowed be your name. The beauty and sheer magnitude of the love described as God in Scripture is holy and worthy of humble recognition. Your kingdom come. As disciples, we boldly proclaim the kinship of God is as close as our next breath, ready to be seen and lived. Give us each day our daily bread. We acknowledge our need for nourishment and sustenance for the journey, both physical and spiritual. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Simply put, and as we have said before, we are all, every one of us, broken and blessed, stumbling our way forward, often needing to both forgive and to be forgiven. And finally, do not bring us to the time of trial. I believe we are all self-preservationists at heart, and so why wouldn't we ask to be spared of any hardship at the end of any request to the divine? So to review, it seems to me that what we could be given in this gospel text today are five elements of what Jesus was and maybe even still is trying to underscore for our prayer lives. And I wonder if these five elements might help us continue to carve out the paths in our lives that help us move ever deeper into prayer. Respect for the spiritual life, faith that kinship is real and needed, acknowledgement of our reliance on interdependence, recognition that forgiveness is part of the plan, and finally, that the desire to be safe along the way is real. You may well have your own way of trying to understand and integrate this prayer into your life. In fact, I hope you do. Because it seems to me prayer is something that often feels elusive and something we don't talk a lot about either. But when broken down like this, I can at least wrap my head and my heart around why and how Jesus must have needed his disciples then and now to pray. It has been my experience in terms of a prayer life that sometimes I forget what is at the heart of prayer. I think sometimes I've been convinced that prayer is something we must do in one way or else it is not right or efficient, or true, or helpful. Today, I want to suggest something wholly different. I want to suggest that at its very core, being a disciple who prays might just mean making a commitment to finding times and places in our lives that help us discover what is in our heart of hearts, 
and then bringing that to the surface through our words, through our silence, through our sleep, through our songs, through our dances, through our laughter, through our times of communal worship, through all the choices and actions we take every day. I want us to remember or to reclaim that prayer is anything that lives in our lives that moves us closer to kinship, to connection with one each other, with one to another. I love the quote of the Sufi mystic Rumi on what I believe is a beautiful and expansive definition of what prayer might look like. He wrote centuries ago, let the beauty we love be what we do. There are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Who we are and what we do as disciples is prayer, all of it. A profound, intentional, vulnerable way of keeping our connection and our interdependence on God alive. I want us to remember why Jesus needs us to pray. I would further suggest this definition of the role of prayer for us disciples be something like this. Prayer is a vehicle to move us beyond the smallness of our own lives, connecting us to the eternal now. This definition for me is expansive and intentionally open-ended because we need to be reminded that definitions have a tendency to limit and control, just as we do. This definition tries to push us beyond what is always familiar so that we look and listen for new ways to be in prayer, resisting the temptation to just recite our beautiful words, passing our hearts by because we have memorized familiar sayings. This definition is also steeped in humility, lest we fall into the habit of creating a to-do list for the divine or a wish list that we secretly think is veiled in the intention of humble prayer. And finally, this definition gives no predetermined formulas of what prayer must look like for any of us. Rather, it takes us beyond ourselves into a place of deeper connection with the divine. This also allows silence and words and music and art and poetry and nature and solitude and writing, meditation, worship, all of it to be expressions of prayer if the intention moves us closer to the heart of God. So many wonderful people have written about prayer. Contemporary author Anne Lamott is on that list for me. She is one of my favorites in this instance because of her honesty and compelling witness to what it means to be a broken, blessed, and awe-filled child of God today. In one of her more recent books, she wrote extensively about the most powerful, three most powerful prayers, and they show up in her, tape, in her title. Help, thanks, wow. The three essential prayers of her life. In it, she muses on her own life of faith, wrestling with tragedy and joy. Some might call her irreverent. I choose to call her authentic. Some might be put off for her willingness to share so much of her shadow side, but I choose to call that profound and courageous. Some may be startled by her unflinching belief that even in her struggles, she claims and names God's blessings in her life 
with some, yes, very colorful language. I choose to call that essential. Her life, it seems to me, is a testimony to a lived prayer, authentic, profound, courageous, and essential. She writes, Prayer is taking the chance that against all odds and past history, we are loved and chosen, and we do not have to have our S blank, blank, blank all together before we show up. The opposite may in fact be true. We may not be able to get it all together until after we show up in such miserable shape. If I were going to begin practicing the presence of God for the first time today, it would, have to, it would help to be admitting those three terrible truths of our existence. We are all ruined, we are all loved, and we are in charge of oh so little. And this, my friends, may indeed be the answer to why Jesus taught those first disciples this particular way to pray, and may even help us now to remember that in the end we are indeed ruined and loved and in charge of oh so little. And when you know that, and when you truly embrace the power of that, nothing and nobody can shake the power of prayer. So as I get ready to step away for a few weeks of summer Sabbath, I want to thank you, each of you, whether you've been coming here for decades or maybe you're just here for the first time. You are now a part of us, and this community makes me better. Members of this community pray when I don't have the words or the strength or even the song. Thank you. You make me better and more hopeful and more committed, more willing to seek and knock and trust that the door will indeed be open. Let us pray. God of all creation, reveal your grace and power here among us. Keep us alive with food that sustains our bodies. Keep us forgiven and willing to forgive each other. And keep us safe from ourselves and all that could harm us. In God's holy name, amen. May it be so.